Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back into House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Feel free to take your shoes off at the door. Hang your coat up or your hat, for that matter, on the coat rack and come on into the living room. Today on the couch, sitting here fireside, we are joined by one of the most notable names in pro wrestling. He's done it all. He's found he's found raw talent like Sting. He's trained that raw talent. He's helped get him to the next level. He's been a bridge between pro wrestling and martial arts. He is Rick Bassman. Rick, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today. Nick, my pleasure, man. Always good to uh, connect with you, my friend. Now, I, you know, I wasn't going to start here because I saw you were backstage at Backlash, and I know we're going to talk about it, but I brought Sting up right out of the gate. And I did want to ask you, man, I saw some rumors recently that Sting may only have like maybe a year or so left uh, as an in-ring competitor. I, I don't know uh, if you just want to reflect a little bit on what could be uh, an end to an, an amazing career by Steve Borden here in the not too distant future. And if you believe that rumor to be true for what it's worth. Yeah. I mean, I positively believe the rumor to be true. Let's address that first. I talk with sting Steve, maybe once a month, once every two months. And the impression I have is, you know, what the, the rumor you're referencing is probably pretty accurate. I mean, really what he's 63 or 64 now. And Unlike most guys, especially from his era, he's in relatively good physical condition. He's in very, very good financial shape. So what else is there for him to do, really, at this point? You know, he's been the top guy in the world for decades now. He's well-liked. He's well-respected. He's still reasonably uh, good in the ring. And he's a guy that absolutely could afford by every metric and measure to go out on top. So... Why the heck would he not? And then, uh, you know, if he wants a place backstage, if, if that were um, something he was interested in, I'm sure that AEW and probably WWE, for that matter, would be very happy to have him. Do you think he wants to go work backstage? Is that, is I, don't that you, you I don't know. I, I have no knowledge of that. I'll never spoke with him on that subject. Um, I know he does love the business. He really came to love it over the years. So, I mean, I suppose anything's possible. Uh, you know, I'm not his uh, accountant, financial manager, or bookkeeper, but sure. I'd say it's probably fair to say he doesn't need the money. But um, if it's something he wanted to do, I'm, I'm sure he'd be placed pretty highly. I love that Terry Funk has become like a ter- or not Terry Funk. I love that Sting has become like a Terry Funk like character. You know, I mean, he's got that kind of wild, wild veteranness to him. You know, where he's jumping off of jumping off of stuff like he didn't used to do there's just a little craziness right there with yeah every time i see that oh my god why, why? <laughs> uh, you know, maybe darby allen's inspiring him who knows but um yeah i would uh i would hope he would take care of his body on the way out because god knows we we all only have one of them yeah for sure and so for you having known the man his entire career i mean how do you what do you think would be a fitting end to, to Sting, how, how do you think that Sting sh- uh, should go out here? Gosh, you know, Nick, I don't know. That's a good question. I've never been the world's greatest booker or creative mind, but uh, <laughs> I, I'd have to think on that 
for a minute. Um, I mean, what has he not done? Um, I don't know. Something with Steve Austin? I don't know. I have to really uh, put yeah. some thought into that. Maybe sure. something. Maybe something with The Rock. You know, I, I still think that um, there, there's an opportunity. And, and we know that we have WWE here and AEW there. So names that I'm dropping may never make any sense for this. Right. I'd love to see some sort of segment really intelligently thought out and planned out that would involve Sting and Rock and Taker and Hogan and Hunter and Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and Mick Foley, you know, the top, top Bill Goldberg, the top, top, top guys in the world doing something cool together. I don't know what that is, though. Just, yeah, just having them working an angle in some capacity, whether or not they're all wrestling or working together. Not wrestling and not some, you know, not some poorly thought out, thrown away deal either. You know, something real and, and, and meaningful. There's a lot of great creative minds in the business now. And as we can see, blessedly, the business is taking a lot more care of developing and maintaining storylines these days. So, uh, you know, the, the brilliant minds to, that are needed to create something like that are, are definitely out there. You mentioned Goldberg. He's another guy like Sting. It sounds like he may not be much longer in the ring. He didn't go out from WWE. It sounds like the way he wanted. Uh, there was like some handshake deal he described with Vince McMahon about a retirement match that, that didn't come to pass. But he's out there floating doing an independent four-city international retirement tour of his on his own, Rick. What do you think? Good idea, bad idea? Yeah, I mean, that's – I don't know where you're getting that report from. There's nothing – He said it. Nothing confirmed yet. Go ahead, sorry. He said that in an interview. It came from his mouth. He was like, I may do this, you know? May, may do it, right, exactly. Right. Um, you know, first of all, I'm actively in touch with Bill. I'm working on a date right now. I, I don't promote much these days, but every now and then something fun comes up and it's, like, worth diving into. So working on a date in uh, Jerusalem, Israel, for September of this year – and that would involve potentially both Goldberg and Sting. Um, and then on the latter, you have the, uh, the AEW clearance issues, of course. So that's something that I really hope to put together. Now, I, only because I've been in touch actively with Bill and then also with his agent, Barry Bloom, who's a longtime good friend. Uh, they, they are working on exactly what you described. But uh, to, to my knowledge, it still needs to all be nailed down. Now, that said... I would not be surprised to see Bill end up back at WWE for something massive. I mean, hmm. who knows? Yeah. I mean, look, you know, the guy's done it. The guy's a draw, right? A very divisive figure amongst fans and even some in the locker room. But Bill's a draw, right? And I don't know why you wouldn't do something big if the guy wants to do something big to go out, right? I mean, he's always made big money every time he's been put into a program here. It's, it, yeah. It, you know? He, he could. You know, the well, without question, you know, the 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 big question on top of that is what is it creatively? I mean, who, when you really get down to the talent that's out there and available, let's say independently, who do you program Goldberg with to make it meaningful? Or do you have to create something where you take guys who may not be at the top, top level, but be smart enough about how you shoot an angle or a program to make it meaningful? to draw on the level Goldberg should draw. I mean, you got Batista, who's, I think, probably unlikely to do anything. And you got Austin and Rock, who almost certainly will, will always stay uh, pledged to WWE, as they 
rightfully should. Sure. What, what do you do with the Goldberg? I mean, can you rehabilitate a Ryback or even like someone like Kozlov to make it meaningful? I don't know. Yeah. But, I, mm, yeah. I don't know about those names. Yeah. Either do I. I mean, <laughs> I, I sometimes think that there's an opportunity to, to take guys who never got to the A plus level and book them correctly and make it elevate it quickly to an A plus sort of program. But who knows that you have everything has to align for that to happen. That's that's cool to hear that Goldberg and Stinger are working on something together. Because when I saw Goldberg make that tease about the Four City Tour on the on the radio appearance, I was like, I was getting flashbacks to when Hogan did like the Australia tour, right? And Hogan like grabbed everybody that was of name value that wasn't nailed down somewhere and just went down and they made a bunch of money down in Australia in like four yep. tour dates or something like that. Yep, yep. Got this. Got the. I was like, I bet that same crew would love to hitch their wagon to a Goldberg Four City tour. I've seen Hogan, Sting. Bischoff, all those guys, I'm sure would would love to be a part of it. Oh God, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> and, oh, I forgot Rick Flair. Why would Rick Flair not be involved, right? Hey, right, Rick, Rick, uh, Rick loves to do things. I don't know if he wants to wrestle. I, I think he wants to wrestle. I think Conrad would would maybe actually physically restrain him from having another match after that last match. I think if they tried to put together whoever they might be. <laughs> If they tried to put together a flare match, there'd be so much backlash at whomever this unfortunate promoter would be that it would almost just by momentum get canceled. Um, you threw out real quickly as a, before we move on to the backlash stuff. You said that you didn't think you thought that Cena and Rocker are going to stay with WWE and continue to make appearances, but you seem less optimistic about Batista. Do you think you think he's done outside of maybe a Hall of Fame induction? You think he's completely out dave can do whatever he wants to do you know he always stays in shape um he's he's a legit movie star now and it's just we haven't seen him around the business for so long now i i for one i'm not in touch with him not for any reason in particular he's got a great manager in jonathan uh they know what they're doing they're they're you know set their sights on the high high level in the movie industry and they've achieved that to a large degree and it just seems like that's a trajectory they're on I could see Dave sitting around one day and saying, wouldn't it be cool to come back and do something big at Mania? And then there he is. I just, it's not a name that you hear in my circles much about a guy who wants to do something at this point. That's all. But I could be wrong. That having... Hey, we'll see how long this writer strike goes on. May not, it may not be anything for him to do, but WWE, if that, we get past the three month mark, you know, that, the writer WGA always seems to, that's writers guild of America. For those who may not know, um, always seems to settle what their differences are pretty quickly. This is their third or fourth strike in the past three or four decades, I think. Yeah, usually doesn't last terribly long, and and I hope they, uh, I hope they get it together. I've I moved back to Los Angeles a few months ago because my I've had a late career resurgence, and I'm very very involved in the day to day of the entertainment industry here. And the strike is it's concerning. It's hurt a lot of people. Um, a lot of people aren't working now, so. I hope for all concern that they resolve their differences quickly. Well, it's interesting because so kind of getting to where the reason we set this up. So you were a backlash, right? But this is you were there at WWE. This is such a pivotal, pivotal time for the company, not just from like a creative standpoint with the Hunter and, and Vince kind of quasi torch passing going on right now, but also just from a business standpoint, this Endeavor deal looks to be closing by the end of 2023. And I look at Endeavor and I see they've got, uh, William Morris, right? Huge cavalcade of huge Hollywood stars. They've also got UFC, which is run by Dana White, and he's a union buster. And now you've got WWE kind of in the now in the mix. You know, do you do you think this changes 
like the the status for writers or or wrestlers in any way now that Endeavor has a hand in the way that the the WWE business is yeah. done, you I, know? I don't necessarily think so. No. I mean, I I can say what's been reported everywhere, so I don't have a whole lot of new insights to add to that, but Sure. If you look at WME's history with UFC, you know, they they largely if not entirely stayed out of the day-to-day ops. What they did what they did do and continue to do is help to optimize their international deals. Uh, their corporate sponsorships more than anything else. So I think what WME probably brings to WWE are those those same sorts of synergies. I just I, I cannot see Ari Emanuel and team sitting around booking matches. Now that's yeah. a pretty, pretty base way to put it, but um, I truly though I, I don't. Their history doesn't sh- doesn't show them getting involved in the day to day ops and messing with the talent or or the writers or whatnot. So I don't. Yeah. Think- I guess for me, it's not necessarily about creative. It's more about classification. Because if you've got Jeremy Piven and like Kevin Owens under the same umbrella and one's on television every week and one does movies and one's a classified Screen Actors Guild person and the other is not, mm-hmm. I don't know if just by them sharing the same space that gives Endeavor, they, they look at the people in their umbrella and they say, well, these two things are the same, but they're classified differently. I don't know if there's a restructuring of, because that's not the same for uh, UFC guys. They're not actors, right? Yeah. And they don't have writers there. You yeah, know, and then it goes back to the whole independent contractor situation we've we've talked about for decades in this industry. Yeah. I don't know, Nick. That's a good question. And honest to God, I hadn't thought about that. Um I, I don't want really want to give even like a, a knee-jerk reaction or, or sure. pick into that right now and and end up uh kicking myself later for having misstated. But <laughs> uh, it, it it opens interesting possibilities, certainly. Yeah, okay, cool. Just something I wanted to float out there. Oh, just having some conversation here. Um, so yeah, so you're backstage at Backlash here. So first of all, I'm guessing that Fightful's report that you were there is correct. You were in Puerto Rico, right? Yes, it was Puerto Rico uh, late, 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 late Thursday night through uh, Sunday morning, yes. So how did this come about, Rick? What were you doing there? Who were you visiting? Oh, dude, just hanging out. I had nothing better to do for the weekend, you know? <laughs> um, I... Uh, I, I have a day job these days, and I run um, I run all entertainment and sports industry relations for a company that does hyper real synthetic media, which is often known as the the dark nefarious deep fake. And we're um, we're verifiably the number one company in the world doing this now, uh, far and away the number one. We're called Metaphysic, and we recently did things like brought. Elvis Presley back to life to perform on America's Got Talent, which was hugely viral. Um, we we create and produce and distribute Deep Tom Cruise, which is a very viral thing on TikTok and, and YouTube and whatnot. And just wrapped a movie in London with the director, Robert Zemeckis, where we were aging Tom Hanks and Robin Wright up and back over a period of 50 years. So we're, we're at the, the pinnacle of that industry right now. And We've got uh, a really cool activation potentially underway with WWE. So we were there meeting with uh, with the top brass about that. They're excited. We're excited. Now it's uh, now it's making the deal work. I can't say what the deal is. It's all under wraps and NDA to death and all that sort of thing. Uh, so it was there for that purpose. But if uh, you know, if if I told you that we did not close down the bar on Friday night at the hotel. <laughs> We, we being me and Luke Gallows and Brian Kendrick and, and Ray and a few others, and I'd be lying to you. So got to uh, got to hang out and uh, spend some quality time with some old buddies, which is really cool. So what was the vibe like backstage? Every, is it 
positive? I mean, I, everything I've read online is that it was everybody was just breathing in that Puerto Rican love and just it was a very harmonious place from what I've read from what I've read. It was nuts. The, the vibe and the and the and the love, as you said, were were just off the chain. I can't remember the last time I saw a crowd that hot. Nor can the last time I heard a pop as loud as the one as uh, Carlito got when he came in. Oh my God, dude! Why are they not doing more with Carlito, Rick? Can you answer that question? Well, you know I can't. Um, you know Carlito is—he's a really, really chill guy. So he's not the kind of guy that's ever going to chase after anything. Um, you know why is WWE not chasing after him? Maybe they are after after Saturday. You know I don't know. Um, you know, if you look what happened with Carlito, you know, who's a great guy and Zelina, who's a great girl, what happened there in Puerto Rico, would that happen in Boston or Milwaukee or Cardiff or, you know, wherever else? Who knows? Um, but, you know, I think it was Carlito. He looks great physically. I, I happened to run into him backstage like 30 seconds before he did his running. And he's standing there just looking like fit and yoked and present and i've never seen him look that good before so uh with lwo now being like a major major thing and probably going to become only more major it would be a perfect time to uh to pull the trigger to bring him back certainly yeah man and obviously bad bunny right i, I mean you were in the arena for that match it was one i mean I was on my couch and I got lost in it. I mean, I, I have to imagine that was a quasi spiritual experience being in the building for that one. It was crazy. You know, you, you also mentioned like what the, what were asked, what the vibe was like backstage. It was super happy and chill and, and harmonious. You know, maybe it's because I'm not wrapped up in the day to day anymore and, you know, worried about you know, conduct and reaction and all that. But to me, it was like far and away the most relaxed I've ever seen that company's backstage. It was really cool. Was Vince there? No, he was not there. He was actually supposed to meet with him, um, which is you why. Are. No, he wasn't there. Oh. But got a really nice email from him Saturday morning saying, "Hey, I'm not going to make it, but let's, you know, I'll talk to the guys after the meeting, and we'll we'll continue on from there." Oh, so you were under the impression you were going to see Vince and have a meeting when you were in Puerto Rico, and he? Oh he yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did end up meeting with the the top guys in the company after Vince. Um, but he was initially scheduled to be part of that. Yes. Okay. So what's it like? I mean, what's it like being in a triple H Paul Levesque led locker room? Was he a gorilla? Was he, was he noticeably the person running or navigating the ship at the show? You know what? I barely saw him when I was there. Um, you know, if you go backstage at WWE, have, have you been backstage before Nick? I, I have. Yes. You know, they carry the, I guess Xerox, do you call them the signs that they paste on the various doors in the arena? And for years, decades, you would see the sign that says Vince's office with the uh, arrow pointing to wherever that office was. Well, that's been replaced by Paul Levesque's office. So you can, you can see that. Um, but the only time I saw Hunter was when we were backstage during the bunny match. And he was in Gorilla uh, with Pritchard. And it just wasn't, it didn't look to me like the right time to say hello because they were like really engrossed in the bunny match as they should be. Right. Uh, so I didn't get a lot of, uh, I don't have a lot of data to answer your question, but my impression was he's certainly the, the guy running the show. Wow. And, and Bad Bunny, did you get a chance to, to shake his hand and have any ex in exchanges with Bad Bunny? Yeah, yeah. And that's part, kind of, sort of involved with the project we're working on as well. Yeah.
All right, fair enough. And by the way, I was going to mention, I, I, I think I understand fully what you do. I'm not, I'm not a tech person largely. I'm kind of a you know dumb dumb from the redneck part of Texas. But um, I have said for years, if Vince could bring back hologram Andre, he'd put the title on him. And if you can bring back Andre the Giant, I think he might be in line for another world title run. <laughs> yeah, he could. Uh, maybe he <laughs> bring back Andre and Bruno and put him in a three-way with Brock Lesnar. Who knows? Sure. Anything's uh, possible. But- the possibilities there, if that's the direction we all decide to go, and would be pretty darn endless for sure. Man, all right. Well, you know, we we're you're talking about how harmonious it was at Backlash. I want to shift gears a little bit here and get your thoughts on what's going on over at AEW. It sounds like there are massive changes behind the scenes right now. They're getting ready for their big TV rights uh, up, right? They're negotiating that. Sounds like they're going to have more content with Collision and Tony Khan is trying to like do this balancing act between CM Punk and the elite where it sounds like Punk's going to be on one show and the elite's going to be on another show and they haven't buried the hatchet. I mean, what do you, what do you make of the current, you know, backstage going on in, in AEW at the moment? Well, you know, it, it's still in a lot of ways, a startup and, you know, it endemic and all startups are, I don't know, volatility is the right word more, more so than, or less so than fluidity. And, you know, you're, you're building, you're constantly building and constantly reacting and then constantly kind of massaging your direction. And maybe that's why it seems tumultuous. We're used to a company that's been on top of this business for how long now? 60, 70 years. So when there's an upstart that, you know, looks like it could be competitive by any measure, like WCW was, AEW now the, the latest example 20 some years after we're used to measuring that i think by this big monolith who you know for the most part has their act together so the the world is so magnified by social media now and in the wrestling world you know we're we're, we're so transfixed on what dave Meltzer writes on what you write and report and, and what a couple of other guys do that i think it's easy to to get caught up in wow there's a lot of crazy shit happening there what, how does this, you know, pretend for the uh, for the future? And I'm not saying anybody's talking negatively or badly. It's just how things are reported. Um, but it can create an impression that, you know, things might be out of control. Now, it, as I understand it, and I have a lot of friends at AEW, it's like any other startup. It's, again, it's dynamic and, and ever-changing. And my impression is that, well, I don't believe they or anybody else will ever be a WWE, certainly not after the even before the WME buyout, but especially not after that. But I believe that AEW is here to stay a lot more than WCW was because it's being run by very, very smart people. And it's not to say Eric Bischoff's not a smart guy because he's an incredibly smart guy. But there's a true organization and infrastructure here, a great talent roster, great TV deals. There's going to be missteps along the way. It's just it's the nature of that business and any other business. But um, I think for the most part, Nick, I'd say they're in pretty solid shape and will continue to be. Are you, or what are your expectations for the TV rights renewal? Do you think they're going to get a big blockbuster press release here? Are you expecting a big number? Um, I don't know if the number is going to be as huge as would be hoped for um, or, or as is being speculated. Maybe it will be. Um, if I were a betting person, which I'm not, I'd say it probably won't be that massive number. But I would say it will certainly be a big enough number to keep them in business and growing their company. 
Fair enough. Hey, uh, Rick, I always enjoy chatting with you, man. This was a breezy, breezy 25 minutes, my friend. Where can people go online uh, to support you, find you, ask you questions, those kind of things? You know, I don't do a lot online these days. You know, I, I will say this. You know, Nick, and, I, and for those of you listening, I, I told Nick before we started the conversation here publicly that I, I don't do interviews at all right now. Not like I'm highly sought after or anything like that. I, I do get requests still. And this is the first one I've done in a year because I, I like and respect and admire Nick Hausman. So that's why I'm doing this. Um, so I didn't really come on to promote anything today. Um, that said... Um, I'm finally, after all these years, getting my book out this year, and I'm going to start a push on that media-wise around September or so. So, you know, if you want to chat again at that time, that would be great. Um, in the meantime, you know, I've got an Instagram account up. It's Rick underscore Bassman. If you want to pop on there, that would be cool. It's mainly stuff about my dogs and about my uh, intermittent travels around the world with big, crazy people. And, uh, not much other than that. So Instagram for the moment. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.